Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello, tryhards. Hello, tryhards. How's the weather in Roma? Hot. Very, very scorchio. On one, you know one of the pharmacy signs that they like flash green everywhere? Yeah. They've got the temperature. It said 36 degrees earlier. I mean, heaven. I don't think it is quite that hot. I think it's what I, I think when you look at it, it's got a sensor about how you feel it is. Yeah. (laughs) Human others. It's it's probably like 24. For me, I'm like, that's 36 degrees. Like I am hot. Um, Yeah, no, uh, it's pretty warm. In fact, as listeners can't see but you can see I have got the guns out because I have realized that I have very bad t-shirts on already from walking Koya um and this isn't something that I want to have moving forward so yeah I've got to go and purchase some vests I think yeah get on it, um, get, on it. get that ginger skin tanned up you've got a hen do to get yourself prepped for my friend um I had the absolute deal of the century yesterday by the way my friend Ooh. uh pre-mark are doing knockoff you say pre- yeah you say do you say primark yeah i say primark um they're doing knockoff dry robes oh oh god 45 quid instead of 160 so i am togged out and ready for the caravan this weekend I'm going to be so living. So, when are you actually going to wear it? <laughs> well, I actually do quite a lot of sea swimming. So, it's going to be great. There was no way I was going to spend 160 quid on a dry robe. Um, so, I went into Primark. They had a restock yesterday, got me one, got Pross a matching one, so that when we go down to Jackson's Bay, we are good to go. Um, also, bought myself a swimming costume that's kind of like, looks a bit like a wetsuit it's a swimming costume with long sleeves that I was like this is going to be great for me in the sea and in my head I was going to look like a bond girl and I tried it on last night and I can confirm there are many things you could say I look like in it but a bond girl certainly <laughs> not one of them you look like a jack of potato what color is it <laughs> it's black and sushi it, roll <laughs> yes if I wore my sushi socks it is um <laughs> I basically look like I can't even put into words. If James Corden, Ryan Todd, going off. To yeah, I look like it's got like dolphin trainer vibes about it. Like it's got Sea World vibes. I need like a whistle, but equally could have a harpoon sticking it. So I look half dolphin trainer, half killer whale. Oh, um, 
yeah, it uh, certainly meant that yesterday I was back on the uh, calorie logging on my fitness pal and I am going to boot camp at six o'clock tonight because good God, no one needs to see that roly poly down Munt Beach this weekend. I am um, talking about your CrossFit and stuff. Don't know if you've seen my Instagram, a little joke on there. So oh, that really made me laugh. What sport do you do? I do CrossFit. I cross my fingers that my clothes are going to fit. <laughs> I really love that. Um, I was going to say to you though, you have been up to the Highlands to empty the cottage. Where are your paddle boards? Do you want me to look after them for you? Well, they're currently in my flat in Gloucester. Um, that's going to be the answer. <laughs> not going to lie, I um, driving from Gloucester to the Northwest Highlands and back again in the space of four days, having less than forty-eight hours up there to recover from the drive and also pack up a full van I mean I'm not I, I genuinely didn't believe that it would fit the van I thought ah oh, I'll go for the slightly bigger one it's a bit more comfy you know for me yeah, da, da, da. yeah it was pretty much up to the brim like <laughs> really um so yeah I now have a full flat in Gloucester again even though half of it's been removed and got been put into storage at my brother's house obviously we have a decent flat full in Rome and I have come to the conclusion I really, really do need to sort stuff out, but it's not going to happen for a while. So I'm just going to, I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, I would be happy to take the sups off your hands for storage this summer. Now that I've got my dry robe. Well, you'll have to barter with the family. We'll, we'll take that, take that offline. Yeah, we'll Jane. take that one offline. Um, I am also going to take my dry robe on the hen. So let that be a little clue to you. Just for those avid listeners who can't see Nolly's face, the terror that sweeps across her ginger skin every time the mention of her hen do comes up. I've actually got a Zoom meeting tomorrow evening with the planning committee. So, uh, oh gosh, just, just looking at your little face and the fear, it's just making me so happy and excited. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, oh. there was a Prem final at the weekend. There was, I was there. Um, took your sis. Did took she enjoy girl. it? Yeah, she did enjoy it. She didn't enjoy the coronation chicken that they served. They went with a Jubilee-themed menu. And where, did you, where did you have coronation chicken? We're in the bloody hospitality. How on earth did you manage to wangle that? Look, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Wednesday, I go for a coffee in town with Shuan and Cara bump into snowy she says do you want mine and burner's passes so me and sophie were in fact snowy and burner for the day <laughs> who was who well i basically <laughs> was like i'm gonna be burner um sophie obviously didn't get that but um yeah we uh we lapped it up in hospitality hospitality sat on the same oh, table do you like we- lovely Nick Heath and his husband who my sister got introduced to and then later in the day I said something to Sophie about yeah Nick is a huge advocate for the LGBTQ plus community does loads of really good work and she turned around to me and she went oh is he gay I was like you've just met his husband (laughs) I was like oh yeah sorry didn't click no Tom's lush Tom's a really 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 good touch player actually really Uh, yeah yeah, he's play, he rep, I mean, Nick's played for England. Over Yeah, but Tom's played prop, like played for England. Um, okay. Yeah, he's played in maybe the Touch World Cup. I'm not quite sure. Um, it's like a little racing snake. 
Yeah, he looks like he looks very fit. Um, Ashley Wilmot's boyfriend Elliot was also on our table, which was really nice. We had a good chat to him. Um, Sophie's quote of the day has to be: um, "I saw the Gullivers from where we were sitting. I could see the Gullivers, and I was like, oh, Sophie will go down and say hi to George and Ben. That's their new baby twins." Um, I said, "Oh, it's really funny because they've got like a two and a half foot height difference." And Sophie went, "Who's taller?" I feel like it would be really <laughs> odd if George was two and a half feet taller than Ben. So. And not just that, she could see Ben was stood up. And I thought, how tall do you think George is? Like, very, very odd. So, yeah, it was actually, it was a really nice day. Aside from all the rugby, it was really nice to see lots of George people. would have had to have been about nine foot tall. Yeah, to like, <laughs> tallest woman ever, I think. Um but yeah, it was really nice to see everybody. And I did get to have a little squeeze with little Lottie Gulliver. Um, certainly they might not be Saracen's newest fans because I'm sure there have been many more fans born in the past fortnight, but they have to be the teeny tiniest because, oh my goodness, they are just the most precious little bundles of rugby loving energy already. I did see all of the pictures with the medals around their necks and the problem is the pictures I saw are also with the rugby girls who aren't exactly small. So yeah. a baby, Bryony and Poppy Cleo holding the babies, they could be the size of a nought like you and they'd t- still look small. Yeah, it was <laughs> like something like a panto actually, because Bryony was holding Freddie and he looked so tiny. And then I was holding Lottie and actually she didn't look that small comparatively. But yeah, it's uh, it's all relative, isn't it? But yeah, it was really nice to see them. Um, amazing um, kind of you know, a servant to Saris that Georgie was and, and there, you know, two weeks after giving birth to twins, there to support the girls. She's nuts. But... Um, Do you have an spider? Uh, do you know, I don't think she was, to be fair to her. Um, she's saving, saving that energy for the summer, I think. Um, but yeah, they uh, it was lush to see them. And actually, really interesting. Did you see the... Um, the clip that Rugby Pass put out this week? So um, Ben was on a pod with um Jim Hamilton because obviously they go back a really long time they're from the same kind of um area both um Kofskins, aren't they and they um were tall both very tall both they very tall. Spoke, great spoke to each other above everyone because yeah. no one else was up there yeah um the air is thin up there um but they were so it's both their hair <laughs> oh, probably fair actually it's quite fair <laughs> Um, but yeah, they Ben was talking on that podcast about uh, promotion relegation. The championship, obviously, is a very passionate supporter of the championship and a huge ad- advocate for that. But he also talked about women's rugby and, and is you know one of those men who's in quite a um, unique position to to have a, a pretty strong knowledge of both the men's and women's elite games. And I found it really interesting what he had to say about. Um, how much men's rugby is going to take from women's rugby over the next decade and not the other way around? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I haven't seen it. I need to have a little watch because um, when you say take from the game, what what do you mean by that? In terms of growth, like, you know, women's rugby is... Well, everyone perfect. steals women's rugby's numbers to show that rugby's growing. So let's be honest, yeah. there, there ain't no more men going to the rugby clubs at the moment. No. Um, they're def- the game is definitely growing through the numbers of women's. And the the number, I think it's 100,000 uh, women and girls players by 2025, which I don't think England is... I mean, obviously, they're, they're a little way off of that now. Um 
but the biggest piece for getting the World Cup actually, you know, everyone and the media look at the fact that they want to fill Twickenham, but that's a, that's a moment in time. Yeah. What they're really pushing for is the 100,000 women and girls playing in that year, but then what will happen on the back of, and putting it on the back of that moment in time of inspiration, those, that however many weeks the tournament's going to be, and then putting in place the infrastructures to allow it. So yeah, like Ben's definitely right in terms of like just in England from that perspective, yeah. the men's game will massively gain from the women's game growing because if more women and girls are interested in the game, then actually more mums are going to be interested in passionate and allow their children to go and play, which means that, and then I, I've always said that, I've always said, if you don't engage with the mums, it's 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 them that will stand on the sidelines and get the, you know, drinks up. Pound as well, it's that pink pound element. I think um, it's really interesting the way you talk about that in terms of that those numbers that they are, if you were targeting. And um, there were a few things on social media last week around um, England rugby and how far ahead of the rest of the world they were and um, whether there is now um, a responsibility for England rugby to help the rest of the world catch up. And, it, I, you know, I said at the time, I don't think it's got anything to do with England rugby. And I think it's really unfair to put that on England rugby because actually it's, it's the rest of the world's place to catch up with England rugby. But if we're looking at the top level of it and elite England women's rugby and, and the Red Roses, they lead the world. But that's where the RFU are consistently putting their money where their mouth is. And this push for participation, this is what other unions have to be looking at, not just contracting senior women's teams, but looking at how the RFU are pushing to get more girls involved in rugby and at grassroots level and that's what I think the other unions have to recognize is where you know if you look at what the RFU have done over the past decade or so and continue to do that's where the WIU the SIU the IRFU have to look and learn now. The thing is right all of the chatter um, around the world is about England being at the forefront of everything and yeah of course we are now but it's taken however many years to get to this point like New Zealand won three back-to-back -back World Cups. We couldn't get the bloody thing off them. And the, but then when in 2014, it was like a big turning point for us, you know, to get the win. 2017, you know, they still beat us. They beat England in the World Cup final. So although everyone is going, oh, the RFU need to do more England. No, 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 no. <laughs> they need to win a World Cup. Yeah. They need, like we are going, yes, all right, they obliterate the Six Nations teams, we did, I've got seven, eight grand slams. We did that, but that still wasn't good enough to win the World Cup. The So as much as everybody is saying, yeah. kind of like, let's put the reins on England rugby. Like then like, we haven't won three back-to-back -back World Cups. We've won two in the last 20 odd years. And yes, that's a one tournament, but that's the pinnacle of the sport. We haven't done that, but you no, know, New Zealand, our current 15s World Cup winners, Olympic champions, Commonwealth Games champions. Evans but no one's saying to them, yes, they're amazing rugby players, but because we've got the money with England rugby, everyone says, oh, well, England, England rugby needs to do it. No one's asking New Zealand to give them a hand. Yeah. They just praise them for being really good. And because they're rubbish at the moment, everyone said, oh, England, you know, it's like, it's a bit of perspective. And I think lots of people coming into the game and they've gone, and there's loads more eyeballs and loads more interest. And it's brilliant that they're saying, 
loads needs to happen and this isn't good enough and, and there is change happening because of that but they don't know the history of the narrative over the last 30 years and actually what like it has taken a long time for England to get to this point, and but it's built on a much, much stronger and firmer foundation than any other union. So therefore, what this is going to create is a huge strength above everyone else. But again, France goes under the radar, but yet they've been there or thereabouts with England. They've been pushing England all the way. But it, it, so it is an interesting one. And I think England winning the world, everyone goes, oh, it's so inevitable that England won the world. We lost the last one. So because actually New Zealand were brilliant. So let's just, you know, let's just hold our horses a little bit. We haven't talked about the Prem final. Should we talk no, about that? I, just one thing I'm going to add there. If we do any kind of World Cup special podcasting, I'll tell you one thing for free. The jingle of this podcast will change. And Nolly saying, we couldn't get the thing off of them, will definitely go <laughs> in that new jingle because that has tickled me. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I was at the Prem final. You have now watched it back. What did you make of it? Fair play to Saracens. I think they were clinical. They were clinical in the semi-final. They were clinical in the final. As soon as they got to the into 22, they were ruthless. Um, Marley got a lot of the headlines, rightly so. She had a good game, but the Saracens pack is a juggernaut and yeah. um, everyone does their job and just wins collision, smashes people, you know, makes it a pain in the ass at the breakdown, makes their tackles, which means that if you've got a dominant tackle as a jackler, you're straight in over the ball. It's much easier for you to go into. And I'm not saying Marley's job is easy, but she's because she's playing so, so well, and she's also got a pack that can provide that. You know, it's amazing that you've got a World Cup winner and a world-class rugby player with Vicky Fleetwood who doesn't get any any real mention, but yet she 
is consistently so good for that team. Her try, she was like a proper little flea, like diving over. Um, and her work rate up to that point and beyond it. But, you know, you kind of, when you've got a mate playing or, or things like that, you, you become very focused on them. She blows my mind. Her fitness levels just, <laughs> she she's an astonishing, astonishing player. And that, you know, obviously we shout from the rooftops about it because we love her so much. But, it you know, she'd walk into any other international side at the moment. And that, you know, as you say, is just absolute evidence of England's strength and depth. Yeah, I, I think Saracen's just got a really nice balance across the pack. And I think it will really benefit England Poppy playing in the second row and having to do that like grind out in the yeah. in the front five. She still did a you know a brilliant job and was but hasn't like massively you know been the been the one out in the loose. But I don't think that's a bad thing for her because it showed a different side to her game. I think one person that absolutely deserve in my opinion. It's hard to take the player of the match from Marley, but I think May Campbell at Hooker was just astonishing the work that she got through. Yeah. Um, I coached at Hartbury actually, but um I oh, <laughs> I'm nowhere near saying no. She um I, I've told lots of stories about um Fat May, but she was wonderful yeah. um on the weekend and yeah, just Super, like you know it was really good to see her yeah. just getting around the park being a complete mischief like like mischief around in the breakdown tackling chasing back like the work she got through was class and then you know I think they also had a really good balance across the back line and and somebody that I think stood up and probably I haven't spoken about very much recently again because she's just you know you expect her to be good in the in the open play is Sarah McKenna but you're gonna say McKenna then di yeah different um saw a different side to her game at the weekend which I'm really pleased she showed because she is a strong player she has got a physical presence but she hasn't had the opportunity or necessarily showed it over recent weeks or really with England she didn't really get a chance to to showcase herself um and she was like she got a good turnover or smash someone and just looked really physical and strong in collision so yeah, it was good to see her because I think that was a real opportunity for her to to put a hand up as a player that covers the outside backs. You could potentially put her into the centre, but from a World Cup, Cup perspective, she was super unlucky in 2017 to not go. Um, and I think, you know, she's a, a such a good player. She deserves to be on that plane. And I think that that game definitely, you know, has, has allowed her to put a hand up. Uh, I was chatting to Rachel Malcolm at the game on the weekend and um, I said before the game, I remain convinced that USA are going to really surprise people at this World Cup. I think that they're a team that are going under the radar and could perform really well. Obviously, that group's really interesting because they've got their um, North American derby. But, um, you know, Kate Zachary, I think, has been phenomenal this season in the Prem. Um, I saw her in that friendly that they played against Wales and she is just class uh but Alev Kelter every time she gets the ball the crowd were barracking for her like fans on both sides as well she's a really kind of um headline player for the Prem and I think that's something that has been great for Saris in the tail end of the season people have really enjoyed watching her but again it just shows where women's rugby's at as well like you you know players are names now 
especially when it's a player outside of the red roses when it's kind of not one of your obvious you know big star internationals like you know back in the day it would have been you know you you know scars players like that where people know who you are when it's overseas players i think it's even more special in that league that she is just lit up and she did again in the final on the weekend it was it was fun to watch her and it's fun to see how many young girls wanted to have their photo taken with her after the game as well it's it, yeah i mean i i agree in terms of what she's done to the league it's a shame because obviously she said goodbye to saracens now um she'll go back or she'll play World Cup, I'm sure, and then probably go back to sevens if if the program has a yeah. ready for the for the Olympics. I think she really has shone in 15s and Saracens will have helped her a lot in terms of her structure and her play. Because whereas before, you know, I've played against Alev internationally, but in both codes. And in in 15s, when she'd come back, it was she was a little bit kamikaze, you know, would just go flying in and you could play on her and, and pull her out of the defensive line. She wanted to come and you. Someone had to sacrifice a rib to potentially do it. But luckily it was never me. So I wasn't in that channel. So, um, <laughs> but you could like, you know, there were players that was, were hunting for the big collisions, wanted to get stuck in because they knew that that's what you needed to do in 15s theoretically. But it, it, as a good team, you could just, you could manipulate them. Yeah. But, I think she will hugely benefit the USA team now. She, given the time that she spent with a very good, with a very good backline, yeah. um, Holly Aitchison looked great. Yeah. And actually, the difference between Saracens and Bristol um, the week before was actually what I talked about when around Lucy Skews just playing so deep. Holly was right at the line, and because she's such a running threat it meant that you have to hold on her, yeah. which then gives the defense, the defense can't shift. And so then they could zip it across and she's got that kind of run kick pass option. So yeah, um, they obviously listen to the pod. Um, and <laughs> As always. But fair play, um, to the, fair play, they won the league, they won the, you know, they won it on points and they won it on the day, so. Were you well surprised by how gutsy Exeter were to the end? Yeah, I mean, look, some of their tries were brilliant. Um, and again, a couple of their Americans stood up. I think Hope Rogers in particular, she's just absolute barrels, isn't she? Terrifying. And um, I think a special mention has to go to Patricia Garcia, you know, her last ever game um, in in rugby. And, and to score that try just epitomised who she is as a player. Do you know what I mean? That ratty little nine. Um, even though she had the number 10 on her back. So, yeah, I think they showed... Phenomenal woman, though. Phenomenal woman off the pitch. One of, you know, rugby's most humble kind of characters. Hugely philanthropic, charitable woman. And, you know, again, it's great to see how much the Prem has benefited from these overseas players over the past couple of seasons. Yeah. By all accounts, I think Patricia will stay and probably coach over here. And I think, you know, having spoken to her, she's done stuff with the Spanish Olympic Committee. She's got a foundation where she... You know, she set it up because she said rugby has just given so much to her life and she wants to make sure other people can benefit from that. And I think, yeah, she's she's wonderful. And, and there'll be loads that she does for the game and continues for the game globally. I think if she can stay in England, I think the benefit for her is that she will probably go down a coaching pathway that, you know, the, the, you know, the levels that I think she's done a level three or she's doing it, um, potentially get onto a level four. And that qualification will then really hold her in good stead, yeah. like where she wants to go. Um, I think another person that, you know, from Exeter, 
has hung up her boots, um, but again is still doing amazing stuff in the in the game is Garnet McKinder. Um, what a woman! Um, just so nice, <laughs> so lush. Didn't get to see her loads this year on in Exeter, unfortunately. Dettavo got the nod above her on the wing, um, but yeah, good luck to good luck to Garnet in the next. So she's doing. Um, she works for. Uh, was it Sporting Men, I think? But she's on the RFU Council, so... Yeah, yeah. I've, and then, I've seen her a couple of times lately, actually. I saw her at the Sporting <laughs> Industry Awards. Um, she obviously, Garnet McKinder, girlfriend of James. That's how I know Garnet, because I've been out on the beers. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, where's James? She was like, not here, I'm working. Um, and yeah, saw her briefly on... Uh, on sun, Saturday, Friday. Friday was the final as well. Uh, we were on the table adjacent to Tony Rowe on Friday. Apparently, I I don't know whether I heard it right, but someone was saying that, oh, was it a podcast or was it an Instagram? I'm not quite sure. Maybe it was in commentary um, that Tony Rowe drove the bus up there. Yeah, I heard that. Now, I think that that's actually a possibility because I would think it's a safe assumption that he has got his hgv license because he collects fire engines not like models of fire engines he collects actual fire engines genuinely <laughs> how so do you know that? because my friend jess's husband tom johnson used to play for exeter and tom told me and he's got like a fleet of fire engines so like vintage ones but apparently he's like imported one from america like he's got all sorts that wow. to me is just like the absolute height of wealth to collect something um, that is very difficult to store yeah well i was gonna say the benefits of living down in the west country is there is quite a lot of space, of space. So, yeah good yeah good. um still what a flex what yeah a flex. and also just the last little shout out to exeter Getting an open top bus around the city. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. And, you know, I think as much as some people have said, oh, Exeter have got all these foreign internationals, blah, blah, blah. To turn the team around to be good enough to get into, to come second in the league yeah. and then, to, you know, yes, Saracens did show up and smash, you know, they really got stuck into, they smashed them at times in the final. They did score some brilliant tries. They deserve to be in the final. And for Susie to have done that, because yes, you can have all the best players in the world, but or like that aren't English, that yeah. are, um, you still got to create a team. You still got to like build them together. And by and all it's accounts- not like, It's not like Susie's built a team of like, black ferns and french girls either like with all due respect like if you're writing your dream team of internationals on paper you're not picking the spanish 10 like and i mean that with all due respect for trisha garcia rodriguez she's an absolute legend of the game but i feel like she'd be up there for me as a nine though to be fair but in terms of like the narrative around all of it it's just felt really unfair mm, i don't know i i just think like you've got a say well done to her and, and I love the fact that the support is there they're funding it they're allowed to yes it's made it difficult for other teams in the league but I just as I say I love the fact that they've got an open top, top bus I'd be really interested to see what happens next year recruitment wise for them because you know a number of those internationals have left to potentially give themselves a springboard into the world cup do they come back after the world cup or do they 
go off to sevens or do they stay where they are? Um, so I think I think that one is going to be a really interesting one and whether they have looked to recruit within England. Um, so, yeah. Based on my perspective, what, you know, one thing that you and I haven't discussed and, you know, there's lots of factors to this, but I know something I've discussed with, you know, lots of journalist friends in this space is it's all well and good to point fingers at Exeter and talk about the fact that they are a, a team of um, international players but the reality is that if you're centrally contracting players, there has to be a fairness element to that and then being swept around the country as opposed to being at a couple of teams. And that is something that every time I read a piece, it is the line that's missing from these pieces. So that's something that has to be addressed by the IRF, RFU going forward. Um, we are on a tight time today. So what else are you doing this week? What's on the ticket, um, my little friend? I, I'm uh, I'm actually having a pretty chilled week. Um yeah, I, I've been away a lot, done a lot of traveling um, and just need to chill physically, mentally. Yesterday, I think it highlighted the fact that one, I'm not used to this weather um, and two, I was a bit of a tired head because I napped five times and I still went to bed at half ten. <laughs> I love that for you. Um... Koya is absolutely living the dream because I bet, I... <laughs> I bet that that dog is half dog half duvet. Um, are you going to be watching Love Island? Um, no, that's not on the uh, the top of my yeah. list. One thing I am starting to watch, but I did fall asleep to it. Uh, I can't wait for this uh, Coronation Street or something like random. No, discovered. I think it's um, season four of Ozark. Oh, right. So that okay. was released. That was released. And then the second half of season four has now been released. Okay. Um, Simone sneakily watched the first half of it when I was away on my oh, travel. Sneaky uh, rascal. So I'm having to watch it, but I have literally no recollection of the first three seasons. So, oh, wow. yeah, fell asleep during that one. Um, looks just, uh, just before we go, though, I do have another airport story. Um, oh, okay. So we were at Bristol Airport. Check-in was fine. Um, security was fine. I was an absolute nose. I kept saying thank you to everyone. Thanks for doing such a great job. Thanks for doing such a great job. Because oh, um, they were, they were. But I just thought I'm going to emphasise it even more. And then I did catch myself and just thought, shut up, you cheese ball. Yeah. Um, and then a little cheese puff. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was like I thought, God, this is busy. Um, Went upstairs because it's now it's all been like really I know, it's fantastic in there. Yeah, well, there's a tortilla, so there's not so there's that you open get, now. Yeah, it's open. Oh, Got a lovely burrito from in that. Went for the hot sauce. It was quite hot, not gonna lie, but managed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but there there were a number of flights delayed. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking six or seven flights worth of people at Bristol Airport waiting. Then all the next lot through. So it got quite busy and I sat in having a coffee. So I was really struck. I thought, please, please don't be my flight delayed. Anyway, the little well, the little Rome one came in, landed and then collected us. And we were sat on the runway for an hour, but that was fine. Um, this Welsh family was sat next to me and they were talking a bit like, oh, 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 come on, come on. And these kids were like, I don't know why the kids weren't on, were there because I'm pretty sure that half term's finished. But anyway, like a private um, school. We uh, do we've got three no, they, de they, they definitely didn't um they were like oh come on they were talking about the trip and um and then they said oh what's the best thing then about holidays 
and the daughter was like going, oh, uh, swim in, swim in. And so I was like, what's, oh, okay. Then the other daughter, oh, mm, swim in and then the dad went oh I tell you what can't beat an English breakfast on holiday I was I I literally nearly spat my drink out I was like of all of the things of all of the things this family were talking about the best thing on a holiday is an English breakfast now I'm not and you know that they've gone to Italy and everyone in that family is having seven days of oh no they weren't they weren't on the uh they weren't oh right okay they were on the uh, I was trying to work it out they were between it was like a corfu-y one yeah something like that or wasn't Mallorca it was another one like the Lanzagrossi I think it was either corfu or Lanzagrossi so rude about places. Lanzagrossi's a <laughs> I'm not place. I'm not at all I've been to Lanzagrossi so I can say it but so, well, I've been there and it's not grotty it just depends where you stay well anyway I just thought it was so funny that this that I um, if I can give you a piece of advice for something to do, I don't know if there are English language cinemas in Rome, but I went to see Top Gun on Saturday. Oh my word! Is it good? It's it's superb. It's so good. Superb, eh? Mrs. Superb. It is honestly fantastic. So that is my recommendation to the tryhards this week. Go and see Top Gun. Miles Teller does not disappoint. There's a nice beach football scene reminiscent of the volleyball one in the OG film but yeah that's my piece of advice I don't know that I've seen I must have seen the first one if you haven't seen the first one I'm going to question our friendship (laughs) because it's a classic right on that note you're off the uh, if you if I say no I haven't seen it does that mean you're off the Hemdu committee because we're not friends I I would suggest (laughs) at this point don't push me because if anything, it's not going to get easier for you. It's only going to get worse. I'll uh, I'll have to have a chat with the bridesmaids and ban you from the. Uh... Uh, you unfortunately for you, you've gone to heavy control freak early doors, and yeah, you've only made this worse for yourself. Okay. Bye, tryhards. Bye, tryhards. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.